Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Hawk, and with me as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris, it is a big, big week. How about them frogs? The Horn Frogs. Uh, you want to talk about a school that just did their best. Uh, like, this is why I kept mixing up them in Kansas State last week, because they do the same stupid, <clears throat> like, crypt and, and blood, like, gang signs, but for, like, white people in the Midwest. Um, are you excited? Like, how excited are you for this national championship compared to, like, the last, I don't know, 10? Mm. Like, where does this rank in, like, like the like, in fucking excitement level? I mean, it's the largest spread in college football playoff history, which that only dates back to 2014, but still. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since we've seen this lopsided of a matchup. Uh, so that does take a little bit of the luster off of it, but it's still a national championship game. It doesn't hurt that, you know, <clears throat> TCU is an excellent offensive team. Uh, so is Ohio State. Ohio State was able to put up numbers on Georgia's defense in the last game. So, hey, look, maybe, um, you know, TCU is one of the best teams against the spread all year. So I'm, I'm just interested. What's that? They're 10 and 3 <clears throat> against the spread this year. Right. 10 and 3 against the spread. It's the fourth best <clears throat> out of the out of the FBS. So this game may be better than we're, we're anticipating. <clears throat> People forget. I say, I'll say this: They've just been disrespected all year. They every every week that we just think that we know it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, people forget that they were undefeated, or maybe they don't, but they were undefeated until that last game. Where honestly, they got a little aggressive at the end. Yeah. Maybe thinking they'd probably get into the playoff no matter what. I mean, that game easily could have been won as well. So they've gone through a gauntlet of teams. I mean, they've played, including the Big Twelve Championship. And um, the game against Michigan, they've played six ranked teams this year. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I, I am excited. Probably not as much as I have been for past matchups, but uh, it'll be a good game. I, I feel like so. I'm I'm going, which I'm super pumped about. Um, Wait, you're going to the game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? Because we have the best listeners in the fucking world. It, like, mm. so I, I'm, I'm going with... Um, a good friend of mine now, like, uh, and, and one of our listeners, uh, Lillian, I don't, I'm not going to say her last name correctly. So it's interesting, you know, I didn't get a, the same offer from Lillian. You don't know her. You, you don't know, talk to her. You show up to two. one game a year and you, you just hoard yourself away in the behind the velvet ropes of your VIP section while you're talking shit about David, David Pollock. By the way, that guy on Twitter this week. Wow. We, we should start there because this has been like, I know that people get annoyed sometimes about like, like when I generalize people on Twitter, but I have to, I have to say this was a wild week on social media. Like, and I didn't think it would be because like the game hasn't really been like, I think everyone kind of feels like George is going to win. And, and I'm, I'm way like, I'm less excited about the game strictly because it's in LA and the setup there than I am. And it's also going to rain somehow um, than I am about the matchup. Thanks, Jeff, in the in the comments. Um, no LBBs in SoFi. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it sucks that it's not in the Rose Bowl. Like SoFi Stadium, I'm sure it's cool, but nothing beats the Rose Bowl. No, 
I've never been to the Rose Bowl. It's, it's like, like, okay. The the only thing that I listed on our wedding registry when I was engaged was tickets to the Rose Bowl because I didn't know what else to say. And I was like, it's the fucking candle holders. I don't know. Um, that's I've I've wanted to go there since I was a kid, man. It's just like I, so yeah, it's kind of like a, a shame that it's, I just the whole Jesse finally brought it up in the in the chat. Like they're not going to allow tailgating in the parking that lot. That seems weird and seems like nobody's going to listen to that. It <laughs> like I as much. I'm not as advocating for breaking the law, but I mean, come on. I am, and don't pay your taxes either, guys. Let's just, <laughs> let me talk to you guys for a second. No, I I think that um, like I I really do want for the first time in my life, I want Georgia fans to be like peak drunk, obnoxious Georgia fans, and just be like, I don't give a shit. I, like it just like you know, dirty fried chicken hands, just like rubbing it on like the walls of that place. That, that like I assume they're only doing it because they're trying to make everyone go buy drinks inside but it sucks feels like they'd probably do that anyways just guess i don't know um well we do have a tcu expert coming on because we know you know obviously a lot of our listeners know a lot about the dogs and we're of course going to cover the dogs but i feel like they probably don't know a lot about tcu outside of the fact that you know they had a surprise year and sunny dykes's first first game or first year as a tcu coach by the way, Sonny Dykes, had you just told me this guy's name is Sonny Dykes and he coaches for TCU, I would have thought he was at least 62 years old. Oh, is he not 53. I mean, that's relatively young. He does not look like he's 53. I know. Well, and that's the other thing. And so when you watch him, you think he's probably 63 as well, but he's, not. he's 53. White does um, Well, it did. I mean, I guess. So we will be uh, bringing on what I think this guy and we will. You know, we'll just tease it for now, but I think he's probably the most knowledgeable TCU. Um, I wouldn't say he's a journalist, but he he runs no. his own website um, and is very knowledgeable about TCU. Probably the best I've seen out there. He's he and we've seen dozens uh, for sure, or at least a handful. Um, he is the leading expert. I um, I believe it's actually on his LinkedIn um, that he's a leading expert on all things uh, horns and and frogs. Yeah. Which is like you can you find people that can do one of those things. You rarely find someone that knows horns as well as frogs. Yeah, just because it's so difficult to to study those like both of those things. But he's he's a he's a yeah. Very and I smart... think I think the TCU stuff almost just came like he knew a lot about horns, like you said, like French horns, trumpets, yeah, those kind of things, and all sorts of kind of frogs. And then I think it almost was like at first people like were like it just like oh you should cover TCU because it's the horn right. frog. But then he just took it under his wing yeah. and like really went with it. And now he is probably the foremost expert on TCU. So yeah, we're really excited to have him too, on, which is kind of weird. Like, like he's, I don't know if it's a vegan thing or if it's just like the frogs, but um, yeah, TCU is an interesting thing. We, we talked about this like last week, I did the deep dive on campus and it's like their entire history is very confusing. And it's also very much like it's a, it's a great school and right. And like, it's a, it's a very good school it seems like everyone that goes there really likes it, but it seems like they really like it in the same way that people go to like Liberty, really like Liberty or yes. like Southern Baptist church. They like, they, they really like that or CrossFit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, here locally, I, I kind of, so I actually, um, our mutual friend and how we met Jason King, uh, we mm-hmm. had a, we had a job together out of college where we were traveling around, 
uh, doing basketball tournaments and we worked with some guys that had just graduated from TCU. Right. And I would liken their like just whole the aura about them to, to like Emory kids. Oh, yeah. It is a 88 percent, 88 to 12 um, percent difference in terms of like their student body that's affluent and has like and like lesser than. And it's yeah. um, it's I love I love like reading through their their facts. Their facts almost read exactly like how if you ever got trapped in a conversation with somebody from Jeopardy that was like, but just the part where they were like, tell us a fun story about yourself. Or it's like, they come back from a commercial and rest in peace. Alex Trebek would be like, so uh, Gwendolyn, you were telling us a funny story about how you um, masturbate your cats. I couldn't think of anything else. This is not appropriate. I don't know why I said that. I don't know. I couldn't see that happening. We got to leave. This is bad. Well, unfortunately, you know, the thing about doing these podcasts live is can't really start over. Or we could could leave it as a little, like for the over 50 of you that are here, by the way, thank you for being here. Um, Maybe we leave that as a little nugget for them. We could totally start over and we just cut the video off of YouTube when it goes live. And then the podcast never knows that we talked. Only the 53 people, now 40s for some reason. (laughs) Oh, man. Shouldn't talk about those cats. A lot of dog people in here, I guess. That's my bad. Uh, no, you know, just leave it because I don't like it. There was some other stuff that we said um, that was probably good. I, I don't know. But also, yeah, not we. Tyler and I met with um, our new marketing team. We met with that corporate is, uh, today. We did. And it was like actually good. Yeah, it was good. I, I really liked them. And, yeah, you know, I think there's some big, big plans for the show um, for next football season. Um and we're not cool necessarily going in any in place is an actual plan. Yeah. And we're not going in, in necessarily a different direction, but um, there will definitely be a little bit more structure to the pod. Definitely more opportunities. Um, definitely some recurring segments. So less masturbation uh, jokes about animals, less, sure. less jokes about bestiality. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great, but we're still in this season. And in this season, we got one more game to go, Chris. Yeah. We got Georgia. We got TCU, somewhat surprisingly TCU. I think most people had Georgia and Michigan matching up in this one. Um, before we get to the game, though, a couple things have happened. Now, one on a before we go off and on all of our jokes, got to talk about the Buffalo Bills safety tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, he's but he sounds up. like things are going to be okay as far as the worst is concerned. Um, it sounds like he actually woke up today uh, and became conscious and basically was asking who won the game. Um, so that's about as best news as you could probably get in that situation. It has thrown everyone into a loop. It seems like the entire world was watching yeah. the game when it happened. I mean, everyone, my, my Twitter timeline was just, that's all it was that night. Um, crazy, crazy to watch. Uh, never could have expected that. You know, literally, I don't know if you heard what happened as to why it happened, but it's just the biggest freak accident thing that you could ever. Like he got hit in the exact spot just hard enough in between heartbeats. Like it's it would it's like a one in a trillion thing. I mean, that's not a real stat, but, you yeah. know, no, it, it was it was obviously awful because like because I already you already heard. First off, my mom delivered me the news, and this is—I don't know if your mom's like this because I guess she also delivered you. 
Very true. She didn't do it herself. She had help, oh, but, okay. um, but, uh, not for my dad, but we all know that. So like, uh, but, but she, I don't know if it's like something with like getting older, but like my mom will call me now. And, and before we get into like, I'm like, Hey, how you been? And I'm like, just very lighthearted question. And she'll almost always open up with like, well, so-and-so died. And I'm like, okay. So she just texted me this. I think this bills player just died on the field. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then she texts me back again. And I don't know if she'd been, Mom, he's, do, he's doing the Dougie, Mom. He's doing the, he's the doing fake. The he's doing fine. the gritty with the fake uh, hamstring. <laughs> yeah, but she was like, she she wrote me back to explain it, but like, she had literally a typo at every single keyword of the sentence, and I was like, what the hell is going on? And so I finally called her. It was live basketball. Um, and and then you know you see the hit, and it was just it was awful. It was absolutely yeah. awful. Um, and there's no way to segue out of that. We're glad he's okay. Yeah. Uh, and we have a special guest. It's not, it's not him. It's not, but, him. but it's him. Like the way the kids say it. Oh yeah. The kids. Do we bring him in now? Him? Is he ready? Well, let's this see. Like a very, I'm out. getting like a lot of like Matt Foley, uh, vibes right now from Argument. Do you know his name? I don't. Uh, why don't you introduce him? We'll, we'll see what you say. Hey, Buckaroo! <laughs> Howdy. That's oh, uh, so we... yeah. It's so good to go. So good to um, have you on the pod. So this is Tyler. Tyler, introduce yourself. Hey, um, Texas Christian University expert. Uh, we welcome you to the show. That's it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be here, uh, which is is Texan for it's wonderful to be here. So okay. Oh. Yeah, it's a little, um, little little fun fact there. Are you okay. from Texas? Did you live there your whole life? I yeah, I I am from Texas. I was born here, where TCU exists in mm-hmm. Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, Corpus Corpus Christi. Is that- no, I think you're like I think you're saying there's corpses there, but it's also a Christian school. It is a it is a Christian school, uh, right, yeah. which. You know, that's I think that's that's a big part of uh, what we do, our success. Uh, we do feel though that Texas and Christian kind of goes without saying, but you know, that's that's just us. This, okay. We're not like other schools. We're we're special. We're, we're special school. Okay, you, know, you guys uh, are very special. Yeah. So um, Chris was informing me about your background. You know, you. You had a real um, knack for knowing different types of horns, French mm-hmm. horns, mm-hmm. trumpets, tubas, the things of that nature. Some, some yep. people would say you're a horn addict. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have been called horny a few times, um, okay. which, you know, it's it's would be a, a hilarious joke for other universities, but not here at Texas Christian. It's not we a joke. Take, yeah. yeah, we take horns uh, very seriously. One, uh, the only horn that... I'm not a fan of is horns on the devil. So, you know, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm a 99% expert on horns. Okay. That's, yeah, that's good. Well, that what about the long horns? There's always room for growth. Yeah. I mean, long horns? Any, I mean, I know it's an in-state rivalry, but. I mean, look, long, long horns are fine horns. Uh, you know, they're, I would, I would say I, I prefer my horns a little bit more amphibious. If you know, if you know what I'm saying. Because of because uh, of our mass our mascot is is different than Texas's, so sure yeah, sure. this is a it's an animal, but it's also 
purple, which is cool. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I, I was doing some research on this and, and there's a lot of fun facts uh, that I just, I need you to explain one, explain the difference between a frog and a toad. Like I, I know at Thanksgiving, I just, my dad used to always say that like, like a casserole and a souffle are the same thing, but like a souffle is either French or gay. Like that, and that was like always what okay. he said. I'm pretty sure it was not factual. Um, or PC. But just toad and frog. Yeah, so toad and frog. So to begin, they're spelt differently. Uh, they use True. different letters from the English alphabet. Um, if, if you look, a frog is a little bit more slippery. Mm. Okay. I think that's, that's the thing, you know. So if you if you try to catch one, you're like, I don't know if this is a toad or a frog. And it's very if it's if it's very slippery, you go, there goes there goes a frog. But if it's like if you catch it and you're like, oh, this one's this one's not very slippery, then that's a toad. Yeah, okay. literally, that's it. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's all that science has gotten towards. We we would love to know, you know, more about each each species, but it really, it really boils talk. down to slippiness. And also you can see so you can boil frogs. You, you can boil frogs if you can catch them, but you know I don't know if you heard the fun. They're slippery, so. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of slippery, Max Duggan. Uh, some people have called him um, White uh, Michael Vick with red hair. It actually was just you. You're the only person that said. It. Explain that analogy. Yeah, I mean, so so Michael Vick, we all remember him. Um, he was not, in fact, a Caucasian male. True, uh, but he was he was very fast with the with the quarterback plays, um, and okay. now slippery. we we have a quarterback. Yes, that we feel is is a slippery, you know, uh, running quarterback. And so mm. I, I looked and I was like, let me find let me find a white guy to compare this guy to. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, not as many mobile, or uh, you know, not as many mobile white quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of, I'll they, be honest. They, I, I, a lot I of times they're like bit. more dry skin. They're not, they're not slippery. Cause no. we don't lotion ourselves that, that much. We got a lot of ashiness. No. And you got to be careful here in this Texas sun that we have out here in Texas. So I like that. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I probably should have Googled a little bit, a little bit more than I did. Um, at well, first I, mean, I, I, I thought it was great. I was like, we got another, you know, Andy Dalton on our hands. Cause I just saw his hair. Sure. Um, and then he started running, and I was like, oof, I gotta find somebody else to compare him to. So and of course it'd be Vic. Um yeah. what would you say is kind of obviously, as you know, TCU went through the regular season undefeated. Mm-hmm. What would you say was the defining moment of the of the illustrious season that the Horn mm-hmm. Frogs have had this year? Yeah, I, I would say I would say winning the last game is that that's really what cemented the undefeated season in my mind. Yeah, that's fair. I would say every every win helped yeah. build up to the undefeated season, and then that last game, I was like, "Man, we, I, I really, I feel confident now calling this an undefeated season." You know, it was, a, right. it was a bit of a hot take, but I felt good about it. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's fair. It was a sixty-two to fourteen win, so you know, as you're saying, it was a, it was a close game. You know, yeah. it, it defined the season for sure. Yeah. It was a fun. It was a fun, fun, fun time. I, we we call them we we call those fun games out here in Texas when you when you win by a lot. Okay, uh, who would you say is the offensive MVP on TCU? Besides um, Jesus. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know if Jesus was. You know, I, I think you know he surrounded himself. You could say with a, with the whole team, 
as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it. You know, it go, it's it's not very Christian of me to pick anybody over anybody else. Uh, okay. So I, I would say the whole team, the whole the whole offense does it. Um, okay. Either that or, or the obviously the quarterback. Yeah, he's I mean, he's a clear cut choice for sure. Um, yeah, I, we thought we kind of thought that was a layup, but um, it was. I'm 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 reading some of your history right now, and I, this is one thing that I was very uh, just confused on, and I wanted just some explanation. So so TCU actually was formed um, in Fort Worth, where it's currently located, not Corpus mm-hmm. Christi, uh, but it's in Fort Worth, and then uh, it, with like you know it was a value system, and it's like you know loosely based on Christianity, and like ten years into the um, the university being a, a school they left and had to go to uh, Waco where their rival was in Baylor because of all the saloons that opened. So I guess my question is what, how does a university get cucked out of their own campus um, from 1890s tombstone saloons? Like what happened there? Yeah. So, I mean, as you guys know, uh, the Waco is where Baylor's located. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor, we, we went to try to share Jesus with them. Yeah. Um, which obviously didn't take. We know that uh, by you know some of the news we've seen from the last decade or so out of Baylor. Um, but we were like, you know what, Fort Worth. I think I think they're good. I think we can put them on cruise control for a little bit. Uh, let's go see what Waco has to offer. Yeah. And then we just we we came on back. You know, we said we said we like the Texas Sun a little bit better right here in Fort Worth, uh, Fort Worthington, as it's known here by the locals. Yeah. Um, it was actually founded, I don't know if you know this, by Fortress Worthington, uh, who was the son of an oil baron who uh, who migrated here from Europe. You know, so really we we're so, founded so by him. here that he was a street magician that used to race pigeons. That's what it says. It doesn't say anything about that. See, so we thought he was a street magician at first. Right. That would, But it turns out um, he... There's nothing magic about him. He just stole people's wallets. Um, but street magician Evans. sounds better than thief. Yeah. Right. Um, the, the pigeon racing actually was an accident. He wasn't trying to race the pigeons. He was trying to catch them. They were one of his favorite game time snacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with that, we also heard he was actually from uh, Des Moines, Iowa, not Europe. Well, I like I, it that was me off when French people do that. Like when they put an E at the end of grill, it's horseshit. Right. Yeah, Des Moines should be Des Moines. Yeah, De- Des Moines actually is in Europe. I don't know if you know that. If you've looked it up, oh, but oh, no, it's in Iowa. Well, one one of them is, but there's like you know, you oh, know. Des Moines, Germany. I I don't know what it's called now. They've what? Had, <laughs> they've had some you know that that landscape changes all the time over there. It's a pre World War One country. We're constantly at war. Yeah, yeah, it's a little I get it. yeah. Okay, um, well, this, is, this has been great. We need we need one. Final thing. Um, we need a prediction. You're a huge first, TCU okay. supporter, but there, like, there's the fight song is everyone's favorite at TCU, and so like, uh, we don't know the words. And I was just hoping you could t- teach like us and also our audience um, the fight song real quick before you go. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very it's very simple. Um, it's a very simple thing to do. What you do is uh, now first there's there's a bit of an action to it. Okay. So if you can get on your haunches, we you know we try to do that, but I know stadiums are tight, so don't feel the need to do that. You at home, haunch. You got plenty of room. Get on down on your haunches. You know, like a big old slippery frog. And uh, so the fight song goes: jump, jump, you mighty jumpers. 
You oh. amphibious athletes from Fort Worth. To amphibian uh, and beyond. Yep. Jump, jump because of Jesus. Okay. Who was okay. the jumpiest Jesus this side of the Mississippi. Can't argue that wow. for sure. Yeah. So, and then it repeats itself two or three times. Um, we did have a version where it got to leap, but we just, we felt like, you know, let's just shorten that down. To jump yeah. all, the, all the touchdowns we've been scoring we had to we had to shorten that thing up otherwise we'd still be still be playing it you know so fair, perfect fair. well listen frank or whatever your name was we really appreciate this yeah, it was um Ned, so oh shit it's literally conversation we have with our boss today corporate um well i would say tell everyone we can find you but I, I don't think that's safe for anybody uh we appreciate you coming yeah. on here we'll have to do it again next year when tcu's in the Monarchy car care bowl you know what? I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think we should. I can't wait for us to play in just every single bowl. That's the goal, right? Yeah, love it. Is you, you just collect them know. like Pokemans. Perfect. Yeah, I don't know if that's the. We're we're gonna we're gonna get we're coming for you, Sugar Bowl. That one, that one's gonna be fun. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll we'll get it. We'll get in touch with you soon. We uh, wait, wait, this. wait. We got to get uh, a prediction from uh from oh, yeah. uh Ned or what was your name again? Yeah, I mean, my name was Frank. I would say number okay. one prediction, uh, fun. You know, I think I think number one, fun. Uh, number two prediction, I believe uh, that God will be given all the glory uh, because we are Texas Christian, which is double Christian. If you don't know how I mean, Texas works, I think Texas um, get a lot of the glory. But yeah, and then I would say, uh, you know, my third prediction, you know, TCU. Uh, you know, a lot of fun, mess of fun, maybe a mess of points. You know, maybe Ooh. about you know. Maybe about like thirty or so, and uh, I would say Georgia. If they don't, you know, if they don't pray hard enough, I think they're only going to have twenty-eight. Mm. You know, wow, a TCU well, victory in the under, a TCU victory. Why stop now? You know, nobody's beaten us yet, except that well, one. They, is, yeah, but, it was like two weeks know. ago. Yeah. Um, was all a, right. Well, know. now that it's been, we're talking about the Lord. It's making me uncomfortable. So we got to go. We're gonna we're gonna break the rest of this down. We appreciate you very much, sir. Okay, I'll pray for y'all out there in the south. So. It won't, it won't work. All right. That was our interview with Frank or Ned. Um, Yeah. I couldn't really tell what he actually, like what his actual name was. I'm pretty sure that we should not have hired that guy because he did not know. Well, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I kind of let you handle the booking of that guest. And I don't really know where you found that, that guy. Um, Well, it was at the zoo next to all the amphibians. So there's that. Um, should sure. we get into this game and give like an actual yeah. proper breakdown? Do we need to talk about Bobby Petrino for a second? <laughs> Chris, I, it I, happened. And it just happened in the most Bobby Petrino way possible where he took another job in Vegas and in Vegas and then left promptly like he's done so many times. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, that, that to me is going to be a total disaster. I, I can't imagine their two personalities mixed with no. DJ Durkin and just arising out of the ashes that was Texas A&M 2022 right. and like somehow getting this train back on the tracks. Yeah, like I, I, I just I'm also I don't believe that he's like this whole thing like from a perception standpoint is that you're trying to convince everyone that you're going to give up play calling. I just don't believe he's going to do that. I, there's just no part of me that thinks he's going to actually do that. Um, Bob Petrino is a great coach. He's still a great offensive mind. He's, yep. he's been successful everywhere, especially like the points they put up. Um, Real piece of but shit. But I think that, huh? Who gives a shit? 
No, I said real piece of shit, though. Real, but like, I mean, pretty big piece of shit. And <laughs> this this evil triumvirate of him, Jimbo Fisher, and then DJ Durkin might be the old, like, he killed someone, kind of, but like, he's in this current situation now, from like where all the attention is, he's somehow flying under the radar because of these two idiots. Um, I think that he's going to obviously be heavily involved in that office will get better because one, the bar has been set so low. And then two, he is a really, really good coach. I just, I was, when you said it, I thought it was a joke. Cause I was like, he just got hired like 20 days ago. Yeah. It, that guy's a piece of work, man. I, I, I'd be shocked if that ends up being making Texas A&M somewhat a, a great team all of a sudden. Well, I mean, they're going to improve on offense. Um, they, they should, but once that starts to go wrong, like, can you imagine the battle of egos when Jimbo and, and Bobby Petrino, this, I can't even believe that we're saying that. And neither Jimbo one and Bobby Petrino responsibility for it. Like, like, oh, but like, like, listen, Jimbo's move is to, deny everything project on the other person that's that's telling giving him criticism and then threaten to leave Petrino's move is just leaving he just leaves I I and I also yeah. going back to the Twitter thing I tweeted that that he just got hired 20 days ago and he's abandoned more kids than Sean Kemp as like I just a low-hanging fruit joke somebody yeah. fucking tagged Sean Kemp in the tweet and was like what'd you say to his face and I was like I don't hey, it's kind of like when I called uh Pollock a dick and then uh one of our loyal listeners tagged Pollock and said, you that just called him sucks. a dick on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Was, I think it was fun to watch that uh, unfold this week for sure. And then um, the old takes exposed thing, which is just a whole nightmare. But um, somebody picked that um, that tweet up like a big like it, your tweet became a meme. Sorry, what? Yeah, it's tweet... exposed. No, no, no. It was something different. I'll try to find it while while we riff a little bit. It's that one, that tweet, though? That tweet about Bobby Petrino got picked up somewhere. Oh, good. Somebody, okay, okay, okay. somebody sent it to me. I can't. I don't. I thought you meant the uh, the one about Setson and Dwan Mathis and all that. All right. Let's some of my game. content so... got stolen this week. The tweet that I had with the offensive lineman uh, for Florida State lining up at receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, some people tagged me in a video of someone taking my exact tweet, cutting my name out, and making it an Instagram post. And I had like 15,000 likes. Who was it? It was like, I think it might have been someone from SDS. Well, SDS follows it. Laterals? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who that is. You don't know um, who that is? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. So in the comments, we've got... Uh, yeah, he was, I don't know how to break this to you, but Bobby Trino was not ever riding a bike that day. That was not a real thing. Um, but this is about the Michigan investigation. I have no idea what Michigan investigation is going on. Apparently, um, Jim Harbaugh is flirting again with pretending to go to the NFL. It's a whole thing. Let's get into this game, though. Oh, wait. I, before I we get into it, did you see uh, just a, like an hour ago, um, Michigan was served a notice of allegations by the NCAA? Okay, that's what he's talking about? What happened? Wait. Please tell me it's bad. It's not bad. It, it, it said it was minor... Um, Minor things that happened, but the investigation is in how Michigan handled it. So it could end up being bad. I don't know. Yeah. I don't maybe, know. Maybe Harbaugh will try to bail out of there. I wonder if that, that might have had something to do with it. You never know. Um, all right. So national championship game. Yes. Just, it's, it's, I mean, what an incredible feat uh, from both teams, really. But honestly, you know, it's, it's hard to look at this and not 
continue to throw praise at Georgia um, because I mean, the, where we were a couple of years ago and just the jokes that were made from like Florida fans from, you know, me sometimes and Jess, like, like, like the, the national perception of Kirby smart was that he couldn't win the big one. The Mark Rick 2.0 thing was like one of the most ridiculous things ever. And you fast forward just two short years. He is on the doorstep of doing something Nick Saban's ever done that only three programs have done since 1980, uh, win back-to-back championships. And he's doing it at a time where it's more difficult than ever to do it. And he is like, honestly, I feel like at the top of his field in almost every single part, it's like, wait, is that lack of institutional control? That's like really bad. That's really bad. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think okay. That. Anyway. Um, but what, what Kirby's been able to do this year, and it's, it's like, I know we've talked about ad nauseum and I know that, um, Fans might be tired of hearing it. I don't know, but it's insane to look at this and and really look at the numbers of you lose 15 draft picks, you lose five first rounders off that defense. You come back and and you're somehow better and you dominate at an even like higher uh, success rate than a year ago. I mean, that, that Ohio state game, the one thing that bothered me about the Ohio state, like the, the fans like bitching about it was it wasn't that, the refs gave it to somebody on either side. It wasn't that Georgia's secondary played bad or they, they couldn't get a pass. That was just one versus one. Like th- th- those are the two best teams and it was best on best. And I think I said this in the last pod, but what I, when I came away with it, some like maybe the most impressive part was Ohio state played a perfect game. Georgia made a ton of mistakes and things they don't normally do. And they still won. And yeah, I, I was looking at PFF earlier. I think that might have been their lowest graded game of the year. Okay. The Ohio State game. So they did play a pretty poor game for their standards. It wasn't for a terrible standard, game. Right. Yeah. Um, hey. Yeah, I mean, a little – I guess a little concerned that, that – and I had some listeners respectfully call me out on my Keely Ringo, Ringo got cooked comments from last oh – there were some stats that showed that it wasn't actually him that got cooked. Uh, it was the rest of the DBs. Mm-hmm. So my bad. Thank you for, I, I will admit that I was wrong on that. I probably had 10 to 15 bourbons by the time uh, I came to. So, you know, my analysis of the game was probably a little off, but got to be a little bit concerned about the back end. Uh, Max Duggan is top 10 in, uh, PFF rating for like passes 20 or or more yards down the field. Yeah, they, they actually are top three in the country in <clears throat> explosive plays from scrimmage of 30, 40, 50, 60 yards. They're actually number one in the country in 50 and 60 yards. So that does scare me a little bit after the last game. Um, but bottom line, I mean, Georgia obviously deserves to be here. They won it last year, like you said took a step back a little bit in terms of leadership, not maybe not necessarily talent, although probably talent as well. Um, but definitely leadership and to go undefeated to this point. Right. And after just such an incredible game on Saturday, dogs fans got to be riding high. This is the largest point spread. Like I said before in college football playoff history, which isn't a long history. I get it. Um, but TCU is also doing some things that haven't been seen in a long time. They're the yeah, longest they pre- here too. They're the longest preseason odds to ever reach the college football playoff at 200 to one. Mm-hmm. Um, the next biggest odds, by the way, 
2013 Auburn, 500. I know. I'm so glad that finally got that. You know, the, the longest odds before that? <clears throat> Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. Yeah, they were the, they're the longest odds for a team to eventually win the national championship. But that was only right. 50 to 1. Um, right. So we'll get into Georgia as well. But <clears throat> let's start with TCU. TCU, Sonny Dykes, first season as TCU head coach. 53 years old, like I said before. 5-7 and seven last season. They fire mm-hmm. Gary Patterson. Uh, <coughs> he waddles his way on over to Austin, Texas and gets on the Longhorn staff. Um, preseason, they're finished to pick 7th in the Big 12. I notably picked them to have a season win total under six and a half. Um, always nice to do the under on a six and a half win total and have the team make the national championship. But that is tough, Brandon Walker. Um, look, I mean, you run through their schedule and they have played six ranked teams, all in the top 20 or, or better. And they won all of them except that Big 12 national cha- or, uh, actually conference seven. championship. They just played one of them twice. I mean, one of those granted is Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Um, right, ranked at the yeah. time for sure. Right. Um, yeah, like you know, again, like I think it's like one of those things. It's a, an incredible story, and I, regardless of what happens on Saturday or on, I guess Monday, um, it's better for the sport for having like this team do what they did in Michigan last week, especially. Um, and it's kind of it's fun, you know what I mean? It's like it's a fun offense, it's a fun story, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and, and bef- like, we're not going to dash all the dreams yet because I think that, like, it's not going to be too much of a uh, guess of where we're going to lean on, on who wins. But I think, like, when you look at what TCU does well, this is what I was, like, I was kind of dealing with last night because I did a deep dive on it and just trying to, like, learn as much as possible because we've watched some of their games. But all their games have kind of followed the same path, it seems like, which is, like, you're, you're losing in the half. that You have, like, a, a, a decent first quarter or, like, an uncharacteristic first half. And you're losing at the half, and then you come on strong late. Like they, they're, their second half scoring offense. I think they're averaging. Uh, I have that in here somewhere. Um, they're averaging like twenty or eighteen points uh, per game, which is third in the country. Um, you know, I, I think the key to getting Georgia, and I've said this for two years now, and Ohio State proved it. Bama did it last year. You have to get them in an uncomfortable position because, like, that they're not used to, and, and they've come back from like most of those games again i mean you're talking about the last two years man they played 29 they played 29 games they are 28 and 1 in 26 of the uh, 29 games they've won by um i'm sorry 25 to 29 or sorry 28 they won were by double digits or more think about that there's been there's been three games they played in the past two seasons they've won they were within one score um so there's that and then on the flip side um, not as many games in this stat, but 10 of the last 12 games for TCU have been decided by 10 points or less. Right. And and like, and like you also look at what they've done against ranked opponents, especially as it's gotten more difficult. So they've only beaten one ranked opponent by more than a touchdown all year. Like, like And I'm not including Oklahoma. So, so in their last six games against ranked opponents, they have only beaten one of those teams by more than a touchdown. And that team just so happened to be the one they later lost to in the Big 12 Championship. Um, you know, they, they I, I'm not going to go in here and think that they're going to get shut out by any means just because, or that they're not going to be like, they're going to be so overmatched because we saw what they did against Michigan. And it's a very like foundationally strong team. Um, I would say trying to be built like Georgia. It's not anywhere close on, on par with that. Um, but like I said, like, like the concerns I have are, we had a question the, from Willie in the comments that said, how many sacks have they given up? Um, they have given up their sacks allowed 
Hold on, I have it in front of me here. Because uh, Georgia is still fourth in the country in, in sacks. It's actually not that bad. They've given up 24 total sacks. Um, I don't think it's going to play a huge part of it because because uh, Georgia hasn't really put up a, a lot of great numbers. They have had four um, in each of their past two or three games. One thing I will say to this that I thought was interesting that stood out. When they've played ranked opponents, right, and talk about Texas, Kansas State, um, uh, both Kansas State games, and then also the last game against Michigan – in those last four games against ranked opponents, and then also in their last five, he's had uh, at least 10 rush attempts. But in the last four games against ranked opponents, Max Duggan has had 15 rushes in three of them. Doesn't put up like a lot of great like numbers, doesn't really kill you with his legs. He's a good runner close to the goal line, especially. Um, you know, and he flashes at times, but like I thought it was interesting that they went, they went to the well, and it wasn't just when Kendra Miller was out, it's that becomes the game plan. Yeah, and so I think Kendra Miller is supposed to be playing, but he's obviously hampered in some way. Right. Um, Harry in the chat makes a good point. The dogs are suffering a little bit on the edge when it comes to injuries. Right. Also, you got uh, Darnell Washington that's a little banged up. He's he's a clear difference Lad maker McConkey. on that offense. Lad McConkey had negative receiving yards in that game against Ohio State. Yeah. Um, so there are some injuries on Georgia's side as well. You know, obviously this comes down to the depth of talent is totally different on these two teams. Yeah, it, but it has been all season. There, yeah, but you play in two different conferences as well. And it was a great win against Michigan. They did have, I believe, two defensive touchdowns against yeah, Michigan. Yeah, pick sixes. I was like, I was going to the stats and it's like, because I didn't get to see most of the game. It was 51 to 45. And I look at Duggan's line and it was like 200 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Like someone's not adding up here. Um, you know, in the second half, it kind of seemed like it was just a lot of explosive plays on both sides. Um, th th this is one thing that was kind of maddening to watch is like they, they've got good players, right? Like, like they've obviously wouldn't be here if they didn't have like some like elite talent um, that they're putting out on the field. But from like, there's not like a, a guy that's like, oh my God, every game that guy is just balling out. Um, Duggan I mean, Quentin more. Johnson's really good. Yeah, at receiver, True. and I mean, Duggan. Duggan obviously was a Heisman uh, finalist, but um, yeah, Quentin I mean, skill position players. Yeah, so um, no, you're you're right. Outside of Quentin Johnson, who is probably going to be or Johnston, I'm sorry, is probably right. going to be a, a first round pick. Six four, two fifteen. He ended up having over a thousand yards receiving this year, six touchdowns. Right. Um, He's a deep threat. He does have some issues with drops, but um, overall, he is the guy that you've got to stop because, yeah. um, for instance, against Michigan, he had 163 yards receiving and a touchdown. Um, but uh, in that big game, and and people may laugh, but in that they had a couple big games this year. First one was yeah. at Kansas. Remember, Kansas was undefeated. Uh, college game day was there. Right. All he went is went on the road. And put up his best PFF score of the year, 206 yards receiving and a touchdown. Um, the next week in a close game against Oklahoma State, 180 yards receiving and a touchdown. He's the guy in the in the Big 12 championship. He had 137 yards receiving, like I said, against Michigan, 163. So this is the guy Georgia's going to have to key on. Keely Ringo, got to lock him down. So and here's the thing that's interesting too, because I, I this is one of the things I looked at last night because we haven't seen. 
Georgia's secondary struggle like that uh, under Kirby really ever. Um, you know, like like looking at some of like the prop bets even and what people are expecting out in Vegas or setting the lines out at least, like it, like to have a, a huge game from a receiver standpoint. I know what Marvin, I know what Marvin Harrison did last week. I get all that. Um, and, and I know, I know what came, you know, with the LSU game in the second half and give up like the 30 points and all that kind of stuff. But when you look at like the like the big picture of this, in the last two years, Kirby Smart's defense um, has allowed over 300 yards passing, uh, I believe, twice. And they've only done it once to somebody not named Bryce Young, uh, and that was Hinton Hooker. They, they, most, of the play, most of the teams they played even this year um, from their past secondary or their, their past defense, they gave up um, under 200 yards, I believe, in seven of their, their, uh, their 14 games played so far. Um, so it's still a stingy defense. It, it's it, let's, let's not make any bones about it. But in the last two games, you know, like you, you have this previous 28 games where you've had no signs of weakness besides the Bryce Young game where it goes off. Even Hinton Hooker, who had 300 yards, some of that was late and was, that game was never in question in, in, in 2021. But like the last game you, or to LSU, you gave up 500 yards passing to both those quarterbacks. Ohio State puts up, you know, over 340 yards against you and, and four touchdowns. I don't think it's a concern. I think, again, I think a lot of that is that Ohio State's really talented. I don't see TCU doing that. Yeah, here's the thing that I will say. I will probably end up betting TCU to cover. Mm -hmm. Is if you look at all the big games where, you know, not only was it a big rank matchup for them, but they were also coming into the game as an underdog this year. You had um, the Oklahoma game where they were a five-and-a-half-point underdog, and they won 55-24. to 24. Right. And then you had the Texas game, where they went at Texas. They were a seven-and-a-half-point underdog, and they beat Texas by seven and held them to ten points. So they've shown up in these situations where they're underdogs, and they've actually outright won. Now, they were a slight underdog to Kansas State in the Big 12 game, and they did lose that game. I will give that caveat. But it was uh-huh. a one-point spread. Um. But in these other games where they were, you know, more than a field goal underdog, they ended up taking the victory and and some of these games can convincing fashion. So I will probably bet TCU to cover the game. But there's I mean, I don't think there's any value on trying to take them on money line. I just don't see it happening. It's, yeah, it's only plus 350. But I also say this and I love the fact that you brought that up for TCU's favor. And I'm not just trying to be a Debbie Downer to TCU and just, you know, like like beat the or bang the drum for, for Georgia. But you brought up the fact that like they what they've done against the ranked teams. Uh, again, in their last six games against ranked opponents this year, they're five and one uh, with their only loss coming against Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship game. But the margin of victory against those ranked teams, they're they're only averaging uh, five point differential. It's thirty. They, they average score putting up thirty five points in a game. They've given up an average of thirty point eight uh, points to ranked teams in their last six games uh, on defense. So little bit of a concern when you talk about an offense that it has been able to put up points uh, against everyone. But you brought up the thing about the ranked teams and how, how they've shown up for it. So fun fact, so has Kirby and, and done it in a ridiculous, ridiculous fashion. Uh, Georgia's played 13 games against ranked opponents in the last um, two seasons. They played six of those games against top five opponents. They're 12 and one uh, in the 13 games, 10 of those 12 games, uh, 10 of those 12 wins were by at least two touchdowns. Um, they held uh, opponents to under 20 total points in 10 of those games. They scored over 30 points in 10 of those games. And then you look at 
this year. Like, because the last two years, the sample size, again, 12 and one, and, and the only loss coming in Atlanta. And it's not, they have not, like, you know, just been sneaking by teams. Like, like the Ohio State game is an anomaly because in this year alone, Georgia has played six ranked teams. They've put up 40 or more points in five of those games. 40 or more in five of those games. They're, they're, their point differential, their average margin of victory is 24 and a half points per game against ranked opponents alone this year. Um, they have blown out almost everybody. The only game that they didn't have over 40 points was when they took their foot off the gas in the second half against Tennessee. Um, and again, like, you know, any way you, any way you look at it, I, I love the fact that TCU has been a great second half team, be able to come back. Um but I will also Georgia say first that, like, half might be a great bet. I don't think so because Georgia's not always great in the first half. What's the, this is so confusing because like the numbers are not like there's there's you can make the argument for either side just from a betting standpoint. I I will say if we want to get to the best bets, but oh my god, oh fuck. Um, oh god. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take over here. You know what's it, what's interesting, and I I think maybe at this point that um. Maybe people aren't sleeping on Georgia's offense, but everyone wants to talk about TCU's offense. Actually, advanced analytics-wise, statistically on PFF, Georgia has the number three offense overall in the country. TCU's at 20. Pass offense. TCU, 14. Georgia, 8. Run offense. TCU, 29. Georgia, 20. That mixed with the defense, Georgia's got a significant advantage there. I don't think there's just – I think, like I said, you've got spots on TCU's roster, especially offensively skill skill positions, where you have good players yeah. and sometimes elite players. But Georgia's got those in the two deep at pretty much every right. position. I think, that's where, I think that's where the, big difference is. Right. TCU will have to have a lot of chunk plays. But I also, it's, I mean, I, I love that you brought it up because the whole thing for like – you talk about the offensive numbers, like Georgia doesn't rank outside of the top 20 in any statistical category on offense outside of rush yards per game. And they also rank 11th in yards per carry. Yeah. That's all, that's all that really matters to show that you're actually a, they don't rank outside the top 20 in any defensive category, except for pass yards per game. And they just so happen to be top 20 in yards per attempt in that, that part. The only, the only like statistical advantage that I, I feel like I really found was TCU, their, their turnover margin, they, they're plus nine this year. Um, it's the 15th in the country. Georgia's actually minus one on the year, uh, which makes like 74th. So that part, you know, the, again, I talk about the chunk plays getting in the red zone. TCU's going to have to find a way to, to keep Georgia out of the end zone or off the scoreboard and, no one's done that this year. They're number one in the country in red zone conversions uh, at 97.4%. So it just feels like every single thing they do, they do well. Um, I love what Setson's been able to do in playoff games. I did the deep dive the other day uh, about his, how clutch he's been in the fourth quarter. Um, go watch the video on YouTube because I worked really hard on it. It's also really, really fascinating. But Stetson Bennett in, in playoff games, like, which is when it matters most, right? Like, in those three games that he's played, Michigan last year, Georgia this year, um, I'm sorry, Michigan last year, Bama last year, and then uh, this year against Ohio State, 
He's averaged 67% completion percentage, 312 passing yards per game, has eight total passing touchdowns and one interception. Um, and you look at the fourth quarter, which I don't think this game's going to come down to that. But Bennett is in playoff games in the fourth quarter. He's completed 88% of his passes, is averaging 19.7 yards per attempt. Um, five touchdowns, one interception. He has been I, – I, I kept thinking, I was like, man, this, this has got to be the best in the country. Like, and then I looked. He has the highest rated starting quarter, uh, highest rated fourth quarter passer rating of any SEC starting quarterback the last two seasons. Um, and it's actually the fourth highest in the SEC over the last decade behind Tua, Burrow, and, and Mac Jones. Yeah, the, the statistics for him in the last two years uh, national championship game, this Ohio State game, yeah. in the fourth quarter just are incredible. Um, let's see. You want to get into some best bets? Yeah, I didn't. I honestly, I wrote down everything possible. I didn't find that much uh, because I don't know if I trust either one of these teams in the first. Like, I think there's a lot of value in in here where you could bet TCU to cover like the first quarter, maybe score first. I think there's probably value in that. Um, I tell you where there's a the so maybe live for, bet Georgia. No, because it won't matter. They won't. They won't really. They're two touchdowns. What about Georgia alt line? So I, I couldn't find an alt line over 17 and a half. Like, I, I, I will say. Uh, yeah, I don't think. God, man, that'd be crazy if it got that, that out of control. Uh, TCU hasn't had a game like that all year. Did you hear what I said about all of the ranked teams Georgia's played? I did. Like, they've Have done you seen all the ranked everyone. teams that TCU's played? Yeah. No, they, they may not be on the same. Um, yeah. I, will, I will say that, like, you look at, like, you know I guess love, like, a first half and a first quarter. You look at these numbers. Um, in terms of first half points per game, Georgia fifth in the country, TCU a 19th. Uh in second half points per game, um, Georgia is 10th. TCU is is uh what do you call it? Is third. So there might be some value there because we've seen we've seen Georgia give up some points, um some points, I feel like, uh late in games. And I think the second half line is 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 minus six um in favor of Georgia. The first quarter. So TCU is averaging almost 10 points a game in the first quarter. They're ranked seventh, right? Um, Georgia averages 8.4. They are ranked 17th. On the other side, on defense, they're giving up 2.3 points per game in the first quarter. They're ranked fourth in the country in that. The line is Georgia uh, minus three and a half, I believe. And the over-under is, is set at 13 and a half. And the money is on the over, which I don't – I think we've seen a lot of slow starts – from Georgia at times to the season. Yeah, I think TCU's got to be, well, I don't know exactly where they rank statistically in the first quarter, but I mean, they told you, idiot. Oh, sorry. Seventh in the country, 9.8. Oh, well then, yeah, maybe there's some value there. I mean, yeah, I, um, I just, yeah, this one's tough. I mean, this is a huge spread for, as, as far as the total is concerned uh, right. for 13 and a half for a championship game. Um, that's why I'm going to take TCU. I'm also going to be on the over in this game. I think TCU okay. will be able to put up some points. I think Georgia will put up in the 30, mid-30s at minimum. Right. Um, and so I'll go ahead and take uh, the over. I think it's probably my best bet over oh. 62 and a half. Um because I do think TCU is going to put up points as well, but I think Georgia will just put up more. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to find the first quarter line, and I don't know how I saw I missed it. I got all the team totals for sure. Um, 
Uh, first quarter line, Georgia minus three in the over uh, 13 and a half. First half line is minus seven. Um, all right, this is going through the, how what Georgia's done in the first quarter of games uh, over the last five games. They've only put up over seven points um, once, and that was against LSU. And one of those touchdowns was a defensive touchdown. That was kind of a fluke. Um, they have not they have, like they've not been ahead by uh what am I trying to say here? Oh, they have not been able to score first um in two of their last three games, which is kind of interesting because TCU scores first in almost all of theirs. Uh they've done it consistently in five of their last six games and most of the season as well. Um, I think they're gonna take the ball first and they're gonna try to like, you know, do as much as they can uh early. But you look at like these these big first half spreads that Georgia's had. Georgia, you've heard me bitch about it on here from a gambling standpoint. They've not been great in the first half a lot of times, especially in the second half of the season. The first quarter, they were tied 7-7 with Ohio State. They were up 14-7 on LSU, but again, they had the fluke defensive touchdown. Against Georgia Tech, they were down 3-7. Kentucky was 3-0, and Mississippi State was 7-0. I, I, you go to the flip side of that, and TCU has put up – TCU's given up uh, more than one point in the first quarter just once in their last five games. They've been mm. really good in the first quarter. Um, okay, maybe that's the bet. Yeah, I will. I I also think that the team total is twenty four and a half um, for TCU. I'm guessing. Yeah, and they've been held under twenty five points just once all season. But Georgia has not given up that many points. There's a there's a thing on DraftKings where you can bet like windows of the team totals. So it's like if they score 11 to 20 points, I think TCU being held to 11 to 20 points at like plus 270, I think there's a lot of value there. Um, Georgia scoring over 30 is plus 300. No. Yeah. Oh, I would That's take that happen. all day. Yeah, yeah. And, and plus plus uh, or like scoring in the 40s is plus 250. It's more for plus thirty points than forty. That doesn't make any sense because it's thirty. It's thirty-one to forty. Like it's. it's oh, 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 I got yeah. you. So it has to be with, um, exactly within that. The yeah, other yeah, one is this: the, you look at like I, I don't like this bet because it's so hard to predict. But touchdown scores like at any time, and then first touchdown scores. Brock Bowers is plus seven hundred for the first touchdown score. That is remarkably high. Who's who's the leader for Georgia, or best or you know lowest odds? It's him and Kenny McIntosh at, at plus seven hundred. But I just I, that is yeah, there's I'll a take, lot yeah. of value in that. And, I, and you look at like who scored first in their last games. Like like this is going backwards. McIntosh, Bowers, uh, Jackson, then McIntosh, Bowers again. Like they have scored first outside of the defensive touchdown. They have scored one of them scored first in four of the last five games. Um, so I like that a lot for sure. Okay. Those are some good ones. I, I like the Bowers one. I love the uh, over 30. Yeah. Love that. Um, um, hey, also, we got we to gotta wrap it up here soon for yeah. producer Dan, who's flying out to the game tomorrow very early. Mm -hmm. George's prop bets for their defense to score a touchdown. This is the wildest set you're going to hear. Georgia's, Georgia's odds for their defense or special teams to score a touchdown is plus 200. It's better odds than six of the 10 players listed from TCU on the Vegas board. 
That's kind of funny. Um, all right. So before we make our final prediction here, let's take a quick time out. Talk about Texas Pete. Texas Pete has the spice and flavor that's kicking this football season up a notch. If you haven't tried the original hot sauce or their new traditional barbecue sauce, run, don't walk, to grab yourself mm-hmm. a bottle today. Visit TexasPete.com for recipes and hot apparel. Plus, take 20% off your entire order with promo code UNCENSORED. Win big with Texas Pete when you sauce like you mean it. I just went to a New Year's Day lunch at my parents' house. Found out that my mom went to TexasPete.com, put in promo code UNCENSORED, got 20% off her order for some Texas Pete that we were able to put on our meal. So, fantastic. Shout out mom. Yeah, shout out moms everywhere. Yeah. Um, My final prediction, I'm going to go Georgia 42 and tie scoring TCU 28. Can be blowout. Yeah, Georgia 41 17. Woo! Woo! They have nothing for Georgia. Georgia. Back to back national champs. The new Alabama. We want Georgia. What? <laughs> you know, everyone said we want yeah, Bama. It should be now fun, man. I'm, I'm, I'm flying out on Sunday. And I'm really excited for it. And it's, I mean, like, what, like, also enjoy all of this shit, too. Because I, I know that we, we joke around about this stuff on Twitter, but like, that's like, it's, I remember like in like 2015, like finally taking a step back, like, oh shit. Like, you are living in the best era that you will ever see in, in Georgia football. And they're doing it at, at a ridiculous level. It's really, really awesome to watch. It is. It is. Um, we'll see what happens. We're not going to just give it to Georgia right now, but we already did best. Of th- well, I mean, not officially um, best of luck to the dog fans. If you're flying out there, fly safe, Chris, fly safe, producer, Dan, fly safe. I'll be here taking care of my kids. We need you guys to go to Spotify. Oh yeah. And subscribe on Spotify. That is our goal for 2023 is to grow our Spotify. So if you guys could go follow us and subscribe on Spotify and make sure that you tell your friends about the show. So I can start going to some of these games. Chris gets to do all the fun stuff. All you do is talk to the audience. I've gone, I've gone to every game for free with our audience members. Audience, follow me at Tyler Huck on Twitter. All right, guys, we appreciate it. Hey, this is our last preview part of the year. It's been a fantastic year. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy the game on Monday night. Go dogs. Go frogs. Go frogs. Peace.